Welcome to Escaping the Comfort Zone. Stroke survivor and now thriver Paul Romans is here to help others escape their fitness ruts. In conjunction with Pelican Media Group and Inspire MD Magazine, we are here to motivate you to step out of your comfort zone. We know it isn't easy, but it is worth it. If you or a loved one would like to drop some dead weight or just live healthier and live in freedom, then we invite you to join us for our bi-weekly podcast. It's with great pleasure that I introduce you to your hosts, Paul Romans and Holly Lewis. So I'm here today to introduce you to Paul Romans and Candy Romans. Um, they are very dear friends of mine. And Paul um, has an amazing story and came to me with this idea about sharing with you his journey, his story, and how he has become not only a survivor, but a thriver. Um, Paul experienced a stroke at 50 years old about, what, four years ago? Not to, not not quite, to give away your ago. age. Yeah. Uh, very young 50. Exactly. And um, it's been quite a journey, Paul. So, and I've got to witness that firsthand. And um, you brought this podcast idea to me. Gosh, it's been a while now that we started talking about it. And... Um, what made you want to share this with the public and, and share your journey? Well, I'm blessed by God and all of the glory from, from what I've experienced is first and foremost, it's, uh, it's driven by God. Um, I was fortunate enough to survive a stroke to get a second chance at life. Um, and I feel that the things I've been through, what I've lived, the love I've felt, being for God, I have to make others aware of the, the danger they could be in by the way they're living their life and how to experience the love and the blessings from others along the way and how to prevent catastrophic, catastrophic things from happening to them in their life. Right. Yeah. Um, the the great commandment is uh, we should love God with all our heart, all our soul, with all our minds. We should love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And, and part of that loving yourself, sometimes it, it's subtle things uh, as far as tackling your health, and sometimes it's 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 very important things that. Uh, as far as taking your, taking care of yourself, as far as your physical aspects are concerned, and it's also some of the things we put in our body that can be damaging to our, to ourselves. And uh, I think that's part of the loving yourself that a lot of people overlook sometimes. And um, it's it's not loving yourself in a narcissistic way, but it's loving yourself so you're able to love others. And that's what Jesus is saying to us in the Great Commandment. It's let's take care of ourselves and know ourselves so we can love our friends and our families right. and our neighbors. Yeah, we forget about the your body is a temple. Exactly. And, um, you know, when we first started talking about this, it was quite the early uh, stages of the global pandemic yeah. breakout and hitting here at home in South Texas and you know I can remember us sitting outside 
uh, by the pool, you know, visiting and grilling and, and talking about, well, I don't know about this thing. Is it real, right? right? And at the time, we weren't quite as healthy as we are now, but I think that too subconsciously triggered us to move forward with making more healthy decisions. And, um, you know, we started talking about intermittent fasting. That has been a great big part of your journey. You, Candy, even myself, Morgan jumped on that bandwagon. Um, not that, you know, that works differently for everyone, but it was just one of those small choices that we made to escape our comfort zone and yeah. make a healthy lifestyle change. So we'll talk more about that too. But um, I want you to, in this, this first episode here, I want you to go ahead and kind of tell us, you've shared with us what compelled you. And I know um, with the pandemic, it, it only made more sense than ever to, to encourage people to make healthy lifestyle changes. Right. Because, um, you know, a lot of the folks who did come down with the COVID-19 um, coronavirus suffered more than they should have because their health was already failing and they had those underlying conditions, which made them a higher risk demographic. And that continues to be the case today. Most of those that we know, not everybody, but most of those that we know who've had to experience that illness, who have been fairly healthy to begin with, got through it like you would a typical little bug or a flu or a cold. But then there's those who have really suffered because their health was compromised to begin with. So, um, Let's kind of go back. Let's talk about the stroke. Well, like we, we alluded to earlier, about four years ago, uh, February of 2017, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night, well, actually the early morning, about 3 a.m. Uh, that's typical for 50-year-old men, <laughs> to go to the restroom, and uh, everything went fine, and uh, got back in bed, and I noticed my right side kind of felt numb, and, and never having felt that before, I thought it was no big deal. And then um, I fell back asleep, woke up a couple hours later uh, uh, as normal, and um, looked in the mirror, and my face looked kind of droopy. I'm like, oh, no. And I was having trouble walking. Like, I couldn't get my, my leg to move the way I wanted it to. And that's when I knew, uh, what I didn't want to know is that I was having a stroke. So when I finally was able to walk on my own back to the bed, because at that time I didn't realize it. Well, I did. It was kind of like an intermittent stroke. Or I had an intermittent uh, reaction, I guess, to the stroke. Yeah. And I was able to walk back to the bed in my broken speech, uh, you know, wake, wake Candy up to let her know I was having a stroke. Right. Right, and, and I've, I've uh, heard this story before, but I want you, Candy, to share your experience with that firsthand because uh, that was quite um, unsettling. Yeah, it, it definitely was. Um, I didn't know what was going on because it was, you know, so early in the morning, and he always wakes up so early to begin with, but um, 
I thought that he had gone to look at Facebook and um, had come back, and I just kind of heard him saying stroke, and and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, the fact that he's waking me up to tell me somebody this is bad, yeah, yeah, that somebody had a stroke. I'm like, this is so sad, and I'm like, who who had a stroke? And and he was like, me, I'm I'm having a stroke, and. It was, you know, that instant that I was just like, oh, this is serious. And it was really, um, it was really scary. And uh, I just couldn't really believe it and wrap my head around it. I think I was running around the bedroom like, what do I do? What do I do? You right. know, and um, call 911, call 911. And um, it just, but as he was saying, the, the stroke coming in at waves, you know, one minute he'd be fine. And he'd be like, no, look at me, I'm good, I'm good. And then the next minute, he's, he would go right back into the, the stroke. And it was just like this, what is going on? You know, it right. was very scary. Well, and and I've known Paul for a number of years. And, and part of Paul's psyche is, I can do anything. Yes, <laughs> it always fun. has been, which, you know, explains why you're here today as a thriver. But... I know that you struggled with him. Uh, my dad was the same thing. You know, it's really not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, his his whole thing, you know, was just take get me to the car and you know drive me. And I'm like, okay. And so I start getting him ready to go and realize he can't walk. Right. And so I'm like, I can't carry you. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, but I got this. So I'll be fine. We'll be fine. And no, it was. It was much more serious than that. It was, and, uh, and they got you to the hospital, and... Uh, yeah, we, we called... Well, the ambulance got We you. called 911, and they had me administer all these tests on Paul, and um, he wasn't able to perform them correctly, and, right. or at all, really. Um, and then he, the stroke, well, the stroke wave would come again, and he would be normal and so it was really I wasn't familiar with the stroke that it could do sure. that so I figure if you're in stroke you're in stroke so maybe this was something else right you know and so that that was the case and then they finally showed up and put him on a, on a little cot and took him off <laughs> took him off right took him to Corpus <laughs> yeah but then uh, when we get you know, in, in the ambulance, they take me over to Christus uh, uh, Shoreline. The power was off because right. they're in the middle of construction. So, you know, they had the and, the and there was a the, storm that day. The emergency generators were on, and they finally uh, get me to a room, and uh, you know, we uh, you call Pastor John. Well, so I, I get to the emergency room, and I can't find him the lights are all off and I'm like this is freaky where is my husband it's dark outside it's dark in the hospital right. and luckily somebody was like you know pointing me to the the light and um I got to the room and I think he would just come back from your MRI and um, I was like we need to call John we need to call our pastor and um so I called I, at first I think I text him and um, he he was you know out of state for uh, for a volleyball. Las Vegas, yeah, volleyball tournament. Yeah, and so he he was like, 
well, just let me know what I'm praying for. Because I was like, I need you to pray for Paul right now. And he was like, I need to know what I'm praying for. And I was like, I told him and, you know, and he prayed over us and, and it was beautiful. And I went outside of the room to kind of gather myself. And I think even maybe to call you. Yeah. And uh, the next thing I know, I just see this line of men walking towards me. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now let's get back to the show. From our church, and it was, I was just, it was like a, a walk of angels coming yeah. towards us, and they were just like, you're not alone. Like, we're, you know, we're here to help you and, and get you through this and to pray and, and to be with you guys, and it was, it was beautiful. It really was, and um Right. Um, they came in and we all prayed over Paul again and um, it just it was so much Grace Point uh, Church Portland has been instrumental in, in our lives and in my recovery from a stroke and in our lives now oh, yes. all along uh, the men that came there and prayed for me that day and, and lifted me up uh, has been instrumental in, in my motivation and my inspiration about about going forward to recover from from the circumstances that led me to having a stroke, to having right. a stroke, um, and the rest of that day, um, that that time period in the ER, you know, with um, the neurologist and the TPA and you know all the tests, it, it was kind of chaotic, but but the presence of God was there to. To, to keep us calm, you know, yeah. to, to, to let me know that, that, that things were going to be, you know, taken care of, even though I couldn't talk or walk. Right. You know, I, I just felt you like... You did keep your sense of humor. Yes. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah, that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that did not escape I remember uh, we had an appointment that morning that we were on the way to over in Corpus, and um, Candy called. And actually, I want to say you text and I called you I text right away because yes. I thought, what is going on? Yes. And um, I couldn't get through that appointment fast enough. I was just yeah. like, get me through this appointment. And at the time, um, you know, uh, I was just like, just get me over there. You know? yeah. um, so we got through it, but I remember walking in and, and Paul's in the bed, and he was already, you know, cracking Greg up, and they were having a good time, and the doctors, and like, what is going on here? I know, it made, it made it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the sense of humor made it, uh, like, this isn't happening, but is this happening? Yeah. You definitely, uh, yeah, entertained everybody. For sure. Um, what had happened? That, that we gained from the MRI was there was a clog in an artery in my brain that uh, had to be disintegrated, pushed out, or whatever with a TPA. I, I don't really know the medical, you know, uh, uh, function that goes through with a TPA, but I, I imagine it's pumped through an IV, but I imagine that. You know, does its work on the cholesterol that was blocking my artery. Um, 
And I'll get into the background of why, why I had a stroke later, but um, that's what happened. And shortly thereafter, I was moved to the ICU to lower my blood pressure over the next three days. Well, and at that point in time, too, once they gave him that um, injection through his IV, it's when his whole right side at that, I mean, his right side was the side that was going in and out, but it was after they administered that it settled the stroke, I guess, and his whole right side was paralyzed. Yeah. Um, he was paralyzed. The tissue was dead. Yes. And so, but yeah, it was the whole right side. Yeah. And it, it was no longer in waves. It was. And I could no longer talk, really. Right. You talk. I'm trying. And we just yeah. keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we went from the stroke, totally unexpected, um, to the next step, which was rehab and recovery. Trying to figure that out because it was an interesting time. Yes. And uh, initially the rehab started at Chris's farm, which they were, they were great. Um, trying to learn me how to walk again, taking you know one step at a time. And they're, they they were uh, vigilant. Uh, I guess initially I, I'd have to say that I wasn't that cooperative. I wasn't the best uh, patient as far as uh, recovery goes. I was still probably in denial that I even had a stroke. But at the end of the day, it was pretty evident. I thought you were amazing, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. You you never said no. You never said I couldn't. You never, you did everything that they told you to do. Matter of fact, I even recall um, that one of the ladies telling you to slow down well, because you were wanting to do it so much. That's exactly so what I'm bad. sitting here thinking as you're yeah. talking. In his mind, he wasn't the best patient because he wanted to get up out of the bed yeah. and walk out. The right, door. that would have been the because that patient. was his uh, patient's yeah. gauge. But <laughs> no, you you were let's do it. Okay, you were you listened very well to them, and you you were very um, amazing. You know, I I've said to you and numerous people, the stroke couldn't have happened to a better person. And not not that I wish a stroke on anybody, but your um, your mindset of I can and I will and you do, and it's it's what um, has made this story so beautiful is because with God, with your family, friends, doctors, every everybody that's come together, your attitude had to be key, and you've had an amazing attitude throughout the whole situation well amen I, I am blessed to have so many loving people in my, my life you two uh, there's a group of men and women from Grace Point that have been there all along the way uh, once I got transferred to Corpus Christi Rehab uh, I had an incredible uh, staff of therapists both orthopedic and physical therapist, PJ, Kathleen, that they were also just as motivated to help me rehab as I was. And, uh, although I think uh, Kath 
Kathleen put the word impulsive uh, band on my, <laughs> on my, on my hand. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, from, from day one, PJ, uh, PJ Fuller, he was, uh, uh, he tried to get out of me, you know, what kind of, what, what the things that I like to do in life and the things that I want to do again, I golf or, or work an hour or, or whatever. And he designed my rehab with those things in mind. Matter of fact, before I left there, he had me swing at a golf club. Yeah. You know, and, and that is something that I want to make sure it's not lost on my rehab. And, and for whoever else might be watching this is trying to rehab now. Those things are important. They get your mindset in the right place. Like visiting yourself, doing the things that you used to again. You know, because there's still, to this day, some things I can't do. But that don't mean I won't do them. I won't do them. That means I won't do them right now. I'll do them someday. It's baby steps. You know, there's constant improving as long as you feel that you can improve. And that's something I learned early on at Corpus Christi Rehab. And that I continue to learn today. Uh, I'm back in therapy for an unrelated, you know, incident at Humble Therapy right now. They're eager to help me. Right, um, and they played a huge, huge part in your recovery yes, as well. Once yes, you once you transitioned from CC rehab inpatient to home. Yeah, my home. And humble therapy. Exactly. Humble Scott Humble and uh, at the time, uh, I think it was Christine Chapman was the therapist over there. And she was great. She had been doing Turkish get ups like within, <laughs> I want to say two weeks. It was probably more like two months. Uh, I could do a Turkish get up. And, and that, was, that was something I didn't think I could do the first time she showed me the YouTube video on her phone. Um, but I don't know if I can do that. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it I'm like, sounds. I, I'm just gonna sound kind yeah. of what scary. What is that? Yeah. Right? Uh, but and uh, not that I do a lot of them today. I probably should do a lot more. Um, but they help with your core, and that's one of the things you need to really improve yeah. on as a, as a stroke patient, to, because uh, your core, yeah, as a person, <laughs> period. Uh, that that, uh, you know, pulls your, your entire body together. And one thing for a recovering stroke patient, uh, for other recovering stroke patients out there, um, your balance is one of the things that you're always fighting with, you know, and you have to take a lot slower than you did before you had one. Um, but, but like what you said was right for everybody, the core is important because I'm not doing this just to help people that are recovering from stroke. Right. I'm trying to help. This is just your story. Yeah, this is just my story. Um, but they got me back to uh, walking a lot better than I was early on and uh, a lot stronger. Uh, they are very much instrumental, uh, humble physical therapy in getting me back to work. Right. Um, Let's talk about that just a little, and I'm going to back up. So I've known you again for years, and your your career path, your background for a number of years was oil field. 
basically since you left the military, right? Yes. For the most part. Yes. Uh, 20 plus years and uh, yes. you went from, you've kind of done every little thing within that industry, I yeah. guess. And at the time of the stroke, um, the oil field wasn't doing so well. No. And uh, prior to that, you had been an operations manager for uh, my company. And um, what I'm leading at, what I'm getting to is you've always been in a position, high stress, um, little sleep, <laughs> and, you know, some, some heavy labor, yeah. you know, some heavy movement. And so let's rewind a little and talk about, you know, we're, we're here to talk about healthy choices, but we're first going to introduce your story and what brought you to this. And so prior to the stroke, I mean, you've always worked out, Paul, always, yeah. as long as I've ever known you, you were always, you know, working out every single day. Um, I think we got into a lifestyle where we were eating lots and lots of not so good for you food. Yeah. There was drinking, there was smoking, there was, you know, a little bit of everything that you don't want to do yeah. <laughs> uh, to live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. So I'm sure, I mean, we all know that that played a hand in the stroke. Yeah. Um, those things that you do, they add a, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, there's a residual effect from, from everything that's involved in your past. And, um, if you don't, if your belly is not an obvious sign of, of where you're going, then, you know, there, there were other things. There were, for me, there was uh, blood pressure that was taken at the dentist by the wrist blood pressure monitor, monitor that I wrote off to, oh, you can't depend on that. But it wound me up in the ER over in Portland, which should have been sign number two. Right. Uh, that the blood pressure medicine needed to be taken, not just left on the counter, or taken when remembered. Uh, if that and the heartbreak that my wife was already through, things like that, I did not to force her to be in a real ER over in Corpus Christi with, you know, real. Um, you know, ER waiting rooms, uh, you know, to to go through that is something, and that's another reason why I'm doing this is because I don't want to put my family members and my loved ones and my friends and, and you know, I don't want to put them in that same predicament again. I want to live, you get a second chance, let's do it right this time. Let's, let's, let's cause less heartache. Let's strengthen our connections with our friends by by showing them the compassion we feel for them by loving ourselves and taking care of ourselves. We can love them more. Right. So we can show them more love and help them live better at the same time. Thanks for joining us this week on Escaping the Comfort Zone. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you're subscribed so that you never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate you leaving a little review. We love to hear what you guys think. And share this with a friend or a family member that you think it would benefit.
Once again, thank you guys for joining us for Escaping the Comfort Zone. Have a great week.